Mediated Conversation on SAFM. It's 26 minutes now to nine. The time, time for your mediated conversation this morning. So as the end of the year comes, how are you feeling? Are you energized? Are you looking forward to the end of the year and a start of a new year and you can't wait? Or are you actually pretty much over it? Do you find that nothing excites you? Everything's a bit meh. All you do is worry, think about trying to get through the day, and actually, nothing makes you happy anymore. Nothing really makes you sad. You're just tired. Well, it may be that you're actually suffering from some form of burnout, that you may also endanger, be in danger of suffering some kind of harm. And if you consider how tough life is at the moment, you would not be alone. I think millions of people may feel like you. So then, how do we deal with burnout? How do we cope with it? And how do we avoid it? First this morning, uh, the professor of psychology from Wits University, Professor Malose Lange, is also an associate researcher at the Center for the Study of Violence and reconciliation. What is burnout? It will be the first question. Then you'll hear from the coach, Vumilem Sueli. She's CEO of Hesed Consulting. We'll ask her about how you make sure you and everyone around you avoids burnout. And finally, a group of people who suggest that what we should be doing is working less to try and avoid burnout. Karen Lowe is the director of the organization Four Day Week South Africa. We start then with the Professor of Psychology at Wits University, Professor Malose Lange. Professor Lange, good morning and thank you for your time. Uh, good morning, uh, Stephen, and good morning to your uh, I suppose I should start with the definition. How would you describe or how would you define burnout? <laughs> yeah, thanks. I mean, obviously with how you started the the conversation, uh, it may it may create an impression as if Bernard we are talking about being being tired, you know, because it's end of the year, uh, we, we're all looking forward to the festive, you know, sort of like the season, but but the two are quite are quite different, you know, because with with burnout we 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 basically talking about like a state of like an exhaustion, and obviously this exhaustion may be due to chronic chronic stress, and obviously stress it is it is when demands demands on you as a as a person normally over exceed available like you no know, resources and resources here i don't mean financial resources only resources in terms of time resources in terms of like the you know, things that you need to do and i guess the ability to manage like you know all this like you no know, demands demands on you so obviously if the stress is co- continuous uh, in terms of the work that you do, you get to a point where the body begins to burn and it reaches the state of like a you know, burnout. So obviously burnout, you, you become mentally exhausted, you become physically exhausted, you become emotionally like you know, exhausted and there are all kinds of like you know, symptoms associated with this uh, like you know, exhaustion. I mean, of course, and 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 I and I think the 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 clear distinction must be made the around uh, tiredness you know so so obviously here when you think of it you know you 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 struggle to concentrate you're not thinking clearly you become irritable and it's quite different from from you when you're feeling like no strength so I think that would be a certain summary of the definition of what is like mobile. Could burnout also include being grumpy all the time, being cross all the time, lashing out at the slightest thing? I mean, those could be like you know some of some of the symptoms, you know, because obviously, if then I would talk about like you know the stages that we we, we go through, 
like I said, you know, I mean, in terms of putting the hierarchy, I can say you, you begin being like you no know, stressed. And obviously, when when people are stressed, there will be all kinds of like you know, symptoms. But I think the clear distinction is when the stress is like you no know, continuous, and the body obviously biologically, the, the body will try and respond. You know, it will release like you know, all kinds of like you know, symptoms and, and chemicals as a way of responding to the pressures that you are sort of like you know, feeling. But like I said, if then it continues, you get to a point where you're functioning slowly become deliberated. You're, you're no longer able to function like you're optimal. So it will not just be you, you simply feel crumbly, you simply feel irritable. So this, the, in terms of the intensity, it is extremely, extremely hard. You know, to a point where in the long run, people begin to have a mental problem with a lot of that. Right. Professor, I'm just going to ask you to move around a little bit. We're battling to hear you. Um, can burnout happen even if you actually, say, enjoy your job? Even if something's fun and rewarding, can the stress of it still be overwhelming? Yeah, I, I think the, 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 the I mean, maybe here to, to make a distinction, it's in, it's in terms of uh, the sources. I mean, to say, what are the sources of like no burnout? You know, because obviously with burnout, we talk about uh, you you feeling like you know, overwhelmed as a result of the work that you do, and you may be enjoying the work that you do, uh, Stephen. Where you you know that your your schedule starts very very early in the morning, and of course you need to sort of like you know prepare you know for 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 you and I to have this like you no know, conversation, and I suspect as part of it you 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 had to do like you know some bit of research there and there. You don't just like you no know, come on air, you have not done like you know, your 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 homework. So obviously what it means is that you need to put extra, extra hours. And obviously for you to put this show, you're working with a number of like people. No one can afford to drop the ball because if one drops the ball, uh, the whole show you know will become like sort of like a mess. But of course there are like, you know, certain things that you have no control over, you know, on how you want this show to sort of like, you know, uh, pan out. And, and obviously then it depends on 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 the, the guys at the back, uh, you know, who, who are sending us, I guess like you know, SMSs to ensure that we come online on time. And then you can imagine, you, you're very passionate about this. Is is the job that you like and you've been doing it for years and years and years. But of course, if then, I mean, you feel unsupported and, and then you get to a point where it's like on Sunday, instead of being at home, you're worried about like you no know, Monday, how is this conversation going to unfold? And obviously you're not spending, I guess, quality time. And I guess the the, the coach later on will talk about like you no know, things that you need to solve like no. Mm-hmm. So so obviously it has it nothing with the fact that you like you like your job. You may be liking your job, but the work environment has come to a point where it is like you no know, quite frustrating, mm-hmm. you know, to a point where it affects that that passion that you sort of like you know, have. So if someone's feeling burnout and they think they're feeling burnout, I mean, what's the best thing to do after that? And I mean, the first people would think, well, maybe you need to take, you know, a long rest. I think the difference sometimes is that a rest kind of doesn't do it with burnout. You may need more than a rest. I don't know. Does Is, is, is just rest enough? I mean, it, 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 could be, it could be one of the ways, one of the ways of like, you know, trying to deal with like, you know, uh, like, you know, burnout, you know, because I, 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 I know obviously now if maybe like as a, as a psychologist, you know, say if, if one was to then rely, let's say for an example on the DSM, like, you know, five, you know, say in the DSM five, which I guess it's a text that is being used, you know, to diagnose like all kinds of like you know, mental health, like you no know, challenges. Of course, you don't explicitly find like you no know, burnout, 
in the in the in the text. So, but of lately there are instruments, instruments that can be used, you know, in in assessing if whether one is saving a burnout or not. And obviously, are able to make like you know, that like you know, distinction. So practically, yes, there are things that people can do. But but obviously, if it is not like you know stress and it is burnout, just taking time off, you know, because of course many of us we can't wait. At least now we have an extra holiday on the fifteenth, mm. and then we take time off. We go off and we come back in January. You may still not feel re-energized, you know, because it, it had nothing to do with like you not know, tiredness. You're still going back to the same work environment, uh, but I guess like I said, it is not very like you know, supportive. And of course, you personally, there are things that you can sort of, like, do as a way of like you know, maximizing, you know, your own sort of like you know, energy of making sure that you get enough sleep. You know, you try and live like you know healthily. You you try and take care of like yourself. You set like no boundaries because the, the the other issue, you know, with the colleagues coming, you know, later in terms of working four days or working five days, you know, I mean, I think there's so much that you have learned during like you know, COVID. Where a lot of people started like you know, complaining that look the the home and workplace it was quite difficult to make a distinction and of course like now we live in a techno world where we sleep some of us with our phones and then we're not able to set those like no boundaries so obviously those are like no things that can be so like, introduced but 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 of course if the work environment does not so like improve you personally you can do a lot of things Mm. Uh, but you may still sort of like get to a point where you, uh, I guess, like you, you burn out. Professor, thank you. Professor Malose Langes, Professor of Psychology at Wits and Associate Research at the Centre for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation. 16 minutes to nine. Continue your mediator conversation around burnout. Vermila Msweli is a coach. She's the CEO of Hesed Consulting. Vermila, good morning. Thanks for your time. Good morning. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning to your listeners. When you coach people, are there ways to avoid burnout? Are there things that people can do to make sure it doesn't happen to them? Yes, definitely in the career coaching space, we be, I, I certainly believe that prevention is better than cure. So one of the things that, um, you know, based off uh, Helen Nicholson's research in, in her book, Mindfulness, is to actually start the beginning of the year scheduling what we call micro breaks and macro breaks. So micro breaks are the short lifts, the uh, staycations, the I'm going to switch off my phone and be able to sleep in. And also the macro to say, how do you take advantage of perhaps the public holidays to then actually take time out to be away from your normal environment in order for you to recharge. It's also making sure that you are looking, of course, after your own mental health, making sure you're before even getting to the place of um, crashing, you are making time to spend uh, to spend with your therapist or to unpack with a coach. So that way, throughout the year, you're looking forward to breaks before you actually break down. Um, so, I mean, I presume also it's important for a manager to know that some of their workers may be close to burnout. You've got to look for certain signs and make sure that they themselves, that they're able to sort of be managed to avoid that. Definitely. So there are times we know specifically in in the accounting fraternity, for example, where it's tax year end, people are chasing deadlines towards the end of March, etc., where there's a lot of pressure. That's when you, as a manager and as a leader, you need to know what the cycles and the seasons are of pressure in your own environment and be aware of what is happening within the mental health of the people that you actually lead. It's also very, very important for us to also note what is happening in the personal capacity, not in a granular detail perspective, but to understand what potentially could be making the person not have as much energy, which if we if we demand more of them will actually lead to burnout. So as leaders, it's really being uh, very much aware of the people that we lead, the environment that we are leading in, in order to avoid our people reaching burnout. 
Does it help to have other interests? And by which I mean, it can be a sport, it can be a hobby of some kind, it can be uh, being part of a different association. And even though that may actually require more work and energy, it means you're doing something that's not work. Is that important? I think that is very, very critical because in essence, our ability to recharge is by not mentally engaging in what we normally engage in. It's one of the reasons our bodies need sleep, so we're not awake, so we're able to recharge. The same for mental focus as well. So if you do have hobbies, sports, um, personal engagements, communities outside of your work, then what you do find is it actually grows your capacity to deal with work. So it's very, very important that we pick up hobbies, we pick up engagements that are not just work related. And I know some of us are going to say, oh, but Rumi, I play golf. If the only time you play golf is purely for work to close deals, then it might not be as necessarily as relaxing as it could be if you did it purely for pleasure and at times with just friends for the sake of having fun. It's sometime, It's something you need to do for yourself. It's got to be for no one else. It really does need to be for no one else. And of course, what these hobbies are all impact us differently. Whatever it is that you do to recharge, that after you've done, you feel like you've taken a holiday. That, for me, is what you need to start inserting into your life. And try doing it in micro doses, doing it on a weekly basis, doing it on a monthly basis, making sure you do insert those times for you to recharge purely for yourself. A lot of things we're also finding is that specifically with people working from home, like um, as the professor mentioned earlier, people don't have a differentiator. So work and home are now the same association. So they actually don't have a place that is a sanctuary for recharging. So making sure you're finding that space, whether it's going for a walk, uh, you know, picking up running, something that takes you out of the normal work associated environment to allow you to recharge. Do, is it actually, I mean, you made the point of having something to look forward to. I find that can really matter. I know people who, for example, if they're going for a long cycle on a Friday, will spend hours planning it, even though they aren't doing anything. I mean, they're at work, they're being productive. What they're actually doing in their head, they're already on their, on their sort of Friday break. It really does make a difference. And a lot of us often think that with the recharge, it's just the destination. It's actually the journey as well. The process of mentally preparing to disengage, to recharge, to reflect and really be by ourselves, those people we love that really give us energy in itself is an act of disengaging from our normal mental methodologies, which we use and, and uh, during working hours. So the process of planning for it almost is just as important as the process of actually being there. So it's important that we do look forward to it. So if it feels like, oh my goodness, it's too much admin, I'm not even enjoying the process, then find something else where you can enjoy the process as well as the destination. Do you think people realize how uh, serious burnout can be? I mean, you could lose a very productive employee just through burnout. I think uh, both employers and employees at times don't quite realize. Um, employees tend to underestimate the mental impact and how it can actually also become physiological uh, when burnout really, really does uh, hit you at a very high level. And I think employers tend to think, oh, no, you know, it's just a little bit of pressure. Everyone will a weekend away or a little bit of a nap and everyone will be fine. Not realizing that psychologically the impact is there long after the deadline has actually met and it can result in people having to choose their mental health and their emotional well-being, which can result in high staff turnover. We do notice a lot in um, in high-pressure environments that don't allow for enough recharge, where there are long hours and, uh, you know, and sort of a muddled uh, boundaries between work and play, where people are working on weekends as well, that eventually when burnout does happen, people tend to not be able to um, get that talent back, having to then, of course, expend more, um, more energy and time and resources and trying to recruit and train somebody else out. So it is a very, very 
important thing that we look at it from an employer perspective to say it is the right investment for us as a business. Vumile, thank you. Vumile Msweli is the CEO of at Hesed Consulting. Do appreciate the time. In a moment, Karen Lope, Director of Four Day Week South Africa. Your mediated conversation around burnout will continue 10 minutes to 9. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Nine minutes to nine. Good morning. You're there, SAFM, SAFM Sunrise. Your Mediated Conversation around burnout continues. Karen Lowe is the director of Four Day Week South Africa. Karen, good morning. Stephen, great to chat to you again. You've introduced the Four Day Working Week. What advantages do you believe it gives people? Do you believe it can play a role in avoiding burnout? Absolutely. Your, your two professors before are talking about something that's costing businesses in South Africa millions and millions and millions of rands. You know, the, the, the resignations, absenteeism, attrition, presenteeism, we've got the second worst uh, mental health score as a component of well-being in the world. So it's, it's a critical conversation. And I think, you know, your, your previous guest's uh, discussion around micro and macro breaks was, was absolutely crucial point to raise that people's capacity ebbs and flows but generally speaking South Africans are under severe severe constraints a very constrained workforce and burnout is very prevalent and it's costing individuals and businesses a lot of money. Um, when people actually implement this have you noticed a difference or is it too soon to say? Every single organization is going to approach their work time reduction design very differently, Stephen. So, you know, because it's a productivity experiment, we look at the outputs first. We need to understand that past, taking part in a pilot like this cannot negatively or adversely affect business productivity or indeed individual productivity. So we start there and work back and say, how can we get to that 20% reduction in the work week? And then we track it. So we, we try and understand from a revenue and a productivity perspective and then obviously all of the softer metrics around reported uh, improvements in mental health. You know, are we seeing exercise and sleep banks? You know, are we seeing uh, time satisfaction and work-life balance improvements? Can we see reductions in burnout and fatigue? We track resignations, absenteeism, new hires. So, so the organizations are tracked by Boston and Stellenbosch Business School. We look at all those productivity metrics and we also look at all of the gains that employees experience as a result and, and what they report on. And the South African pilot is no different to global pilots in that respect. And just to be clear, Karen, working fewer days does mean working fewer hours as well, right? People aren't working two hours more on each of the other days. No, Stephen, so that's called compressed hours working and indeed that often serves to have the opposite effect on well-being. So it is a 20% reduction in the average work week. So for example, if you work a 40-hour week, the aim is to get you to a 32-hour week. How you take that is organization and team and department and individual based. So it could be a Friday or a Monday, but South Africans actually chose a, a more flexible approach to work time reduction and how they design things, possibly due to load shedding. But we saw time off every day, especially for working parents. We saw two half days being quite prevalent, a Wednesday, and then alternating. So you could have half the team off on a Friday and half the team off on a, on a Monday and stagger it. So you really do need to design a sort of a bespoke design per organization and their approach to work time reduction. Does it? So, so I was going to ask if a company to do this successfully had to get everyone to work on the same set of days because everyone needs to be in the room sometimes. So everyone has to come in Monday to Thursday. You can't, some of you come in on a Friday and not work on a Monday. You're suggesting actually you're doing it across the week. So even though the company is operating five days a week or the office is open five days a week, people are coming on on different days. 
Correct, Stephen. And even in shift environment where you've got organizations like emergency rooms that are on 24-7 and have operations throughout the week. So what we start doing there is looking at the shift and and start looking at shift reduction. So in other words, you know, if you've got a 4-4 shift ratio, we would look to reduce the time and the length of the shift within that 4-4. So we keep the ratio, but we reduce the hours that, say, for example, nurses and doctors in an ER room would then reduce the work week that way. So it it applies to organizations typical 9-to-5, but it has had great success in organizations that have 24-7 operations. So coverage is the name of the game. How do we ensure that we do that? without impacting um, you know, customer service, net promoter score, basically what we need to do to service, whether we're in service internally or whether we're serving external clients. Every organization is different, and, and that's why so much planning and preparation and running case scenarios and risks are, are taken into account when we do it. So one of the interesting things we've seen some discussion about this during the pandemic was that for a very long period of time from the beginning of the industrial era, probably before that, managers would measure output through um, uh, hours work, right? They'll measure it through time. Lawyers still do this. They bill by the hour. Um, so so now when people, you, you, w- w- what's harder to assess is quality. And so what you want to look at, and one of the things about a four-day week is you want to improve the quality of the work that's actually being done. That's much harder to assess, isn't it? It's easy to count the hours, much harder to assess the quality. Absolutely, Stephen, 100%. And I think this is what we're seeing organizations do is they suddenly realize that they're not quite as mature on measuring true productivity as they could be. And, and you're 100% right. It, it, it's around capacity, efficiencies, proficiencies. So is the skill set correct? It's about harnessing technology correctly as well. Technology gets in our way as much as it enables. And I think it's a, it's a really important first step that our organizations take as they explore their use of technology, their meeting etiquette, what processes and systems are getting in the way of losing the efficiencies and, and, and you know, optimizing workflow. And we look at things like flow efficiency. How, you know, are there constraints within the team? How do we deal with that? How do we ensure that we keep producing what we do without burnout, without also increasing the intensity of, of, of the hours, as you pointed out? The last thing we need to do is go and work a 40-hour week in four days. It, it has completely the opposite effect. So quality and quantity metrics um, are, are very specific to each organization, and we help them unlock what it is that they're looking to, to measure and what productivity success means to teams, individuals, departments, and the organization as a whole. While people have been looking at a four-day week, um, some companies have also introduced unlimited leave. Um, so there used to be quite tight limits on leave. Some companies uh, do unlimited leave now. Um, has that changed as well? I mean, obviously, these dynamics are running in conjunction with each other. But are you finding that people who take more leave are more productive? We find that some people actually take less leave because when it's up to them, they don't take more leave, they take less. I think a lot of our organizations, you know, we've got employees that have banked serious amounts of leave, Stephen, and don't end up taking it. So what at least the four-day week does is it makes, you know, you're looking to save eight hours a week if you're a usual nine-to-fiver. That is a weekly time saving. Leave is then on top of that. The only thing that we would not consider as part of leave would be a bank or a public holiday. So, you know, like, like April and May, we had literally five weeks of four-day weeks. And, and in that instance, if an organization is working nine-to-five, that day of the week is considered a day off or time off um, you know, as part of the leave cycle. But we do need to encourage more active and intentional rest. So it's a balance of time off every week, which has this sort of cumulative marginal gain effect. And then indeed we have 
you know, the necessity to take proper macro breaks where you are taking a vacation and you're doing downtime and spending it with your family. So I think leave is a, is a more complex discussion. Just having it there doesn't mean that people take it. And I think this is what we're trying to promote is it's time off every week efficiently and then thereafter have a look at how you use your leave for rest. Karen Loeb, thanks very much indeed. Director of the Four Day Week South Africa, that organisation, do appreciate the time bringing an end to your mediated conversation uh, this morning. My thanks also to, Vumi, uh, to Vumila Mswili, the CEO of Hesed Consulting. And starting us off today, uh, Professor Malose Lange, uh, Professor in the Department of Psychology at Wits University.